The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. For the few times that we've been together this semester, we have been in the book of Ruth, and that's where I'd like for you to turn this morning. The book of Ruth, chapter 4. So as we come to the end of the semester, as we're winding up our classes, as we're beginning to study for final exams, and then having our summer plans somewhat set in place, I thought this would be a good time to just follow where the book of Ruth concludes As we looked at the lives of Ruth and then the lives of Boaz, the life of Boaz, we drew some principles, if you'll remember. In the lives of both individuals, there are some biblical principles that were identical, whether we're talking about Ruth as she's coming into the land, whether we're talking about Boaz who was already in the land. There were some characteristics of their life and their walk with the Lord that are worthy to emulate. And that as we think about what the Lord has for each of us from this point forward, the choices to live right in light of God's Word and the choices to do right in the light of God's Word can bear some very long-lasting consequences. Now, usually when we think of consequences, we think of negative consequences, and that is indeed true as well. And so many of the things that we discussed this morning if it's taken in a negative light of what happens when we do wrong, uh, the long-lasting consequences can indeed come forth. But we're going to look at Ruth and we're going to look at Boaz. And in Ruth chapter 4, we're going to see how the Lord used their right choices, their biblical choices, to have consequences in their lives and in the lives of those around them. Now, as we look at some principles from the life of Ruth and the life of Boaz, again, they were identical, and so I'm going to lump them both together by way of review. There's nothing like reviewing messages over a four-month period of time, but we're going to do it. In the life of Ruth and in the life of Boaz, we saw from the Scriptures that they both individually and together, when they got to know each other, they both did right even when others did not. Do you remember us covering these points? Even when others weren't doing right, in the day of Judges, when the, when the majority of Israel were doing that which was wrong, we have a man by the name of Boaz who didn't cut the corners. In the majority of, the vast majority of the land of Moab, when it would have been nothing for Ruth to break off ties with her mother-in-law so her mother-in-law can go back to Israel and she can stay with her own people, Ruth says, Your God is my God. Your people is my people. I'm not leaving. Both individuals did right even when others weren't doing right. Both did right when no one was looking. Whether it was Ruth and was just her and her her mother-in-law, or whether it was Boaz and and the few people that he had serving with him there, they did right even when the vast majority of those around them weren't looking. Boaz and Ruth, whether separately before their paths came together or whether together as they were making choices with one another, Ruth and Boaz did right even when there were no immediate rewards in sight. Ruth made the choice to stay with her mother-in-law even when it didn't benefit her at all. 
Her mother-in-law even told her, Naomi said, I don't have any children. When you're coming with me, you're pretty much sealing your fate. When it came to Boaz, Boaz didn't cut the corners of his property. He left it for the poor, just as the Word of God said. Even though he wasn't taking in those ex- that extra money and the extra cash flow and, and the extra assets, he was leaving them for others. It allowed opportunity for someone like Ruth to come and to glean in his fields. Even when they didn't see rewards in sight, they did what was right. Both of these individuals, Boaz and Ruth, also did right out of conviction, not out of convenience. They made a choice both individually before they met and after they met as they were making life-changing decisions about what the future would hold for them. They both made a choice to do right out of conviction. It was not convenient for Ruth to wait that extra night to see what the nearest kinsman would say. It was not out of convenience for Boaz to go to the gate of the city and to have this discourse with the potential of losing both Naomi and Ruth and all of Elimelech's property with this nearer kinsman. It wasn't convenient. But they didn't do right because it was convenient. They did it out of conviction. Ruth and Boaz, both together, and before they met individually, they did right one day at a time. While they had long-term goals, they understood that obeying the Word of God one day at a time, they were allowing the Lord to work with what would come in the future. They had plans and they had goals, they had desires, they had heart desires, and and they had wishes and they had dreams for for something that has not yet come. And having those goals, it wasn't a, I'm going to get that goal at any cost mentality. We're going to take one day at a time, we're going to do right today and see how things work out tomorrow. As they did this, both separately before they had met each other and then after they knew each other, as they did right in the sight of the Lord, these last two principles is what we looked at in Boaz's life and the culmination of Ruth and Boaz, the Lord opened the doors in His timing. It was in his timing. It wasn't in Ruth's timing. It wasn't in Boaz's timing. But as they did right one day at a time out of conviction, not out of convenience, when no one was looking, when there were no immediate rewards, that permitted, that allowed the Lord to work in his perfect timing. The Lord opened the doors in his timing. And as the Lord opened those doors... Ruth and Boaz, in the pathway of doing what's right, they experienced joy and delight. This is where we were with Ruth earlier in the semester. This is where we were with Boaz earlier in the semester. This is the conclusion that we came to as we looked in the book of Ruth to see here is one person who did right in the sight of the Lord, and and here's another one who did right in the sight of the Lord, and they didn't know each other, had never met each other, didn't even fathom the possibility of the Lord ever doing something with them to such a nature that he did, but they simply did right in the sight of the Lord. 
There were immediate consequences to this that were good. Of course, these two got married in Ruth chapter 4, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife, and he went in unto her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. Now, that verse might seem so quickly read, but understand, this was as far from either one of them as a possibility as could be. If you remember, Naomi told Ruth, by coming with me, you are pretty much leaving yourself to widowhood for the remainder of your life, barren and childless. And you can tell in Naomi's own responses to her people when she came back that Naomi didn't view Ruth as much. As a matter of fact, when she came back to Bethlehem, if you'll remember in Ruth chapter 1, she said, I've, I've come back empty. I have nothing. So that verse, when it says that Boaz and Ruth became husband and wife and and they bear a child, it wasn't just something that happened because it was just a happenstance. These two committed to do what was right. But the consequences weren't just for the husband and the wife, Ruth and Boaz. And this is where I'd really like for us to focus our last couple of minutes this morning. And we're going to look in verses 14 and 15, and we're going to see the consequences of their right living in the sight of the Lord. As we look in verse 14 of of Ruth chapter 4, and the women said unto Naomi, notice this phrase, blessed be the Lord. So as Ruth bare a son, the, the, the women of that town, the women of that, neighbor, that, that, that neighborhood, the women of that area, they came to Naomi and they said, blessed be the Lord. So who was it that received the credit? Who was it that received the glory for what was accomplished? It was the Lord. The hand of the Lord was so clearly evident in everything that took place because two individuals They made a resolution in their heart to do what was right. And because of that, and we use this word, and the Scriptures use this word, and and sometimes as we sing it, we don't think about the word, but because Ruth and Boaz did what was right, the name of the Lord was magnified. It was magnified. It wasn't just a matter of happenstance and coincidence. Blessed be the Lord. This is the work of the Lord. Blessed be the Lord, we find in verse 14, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. We're going to look at two consequences of their right living, and the first one is found here in verse 14. And as Ruth and as Boaz lived right in the sight of the Lord, and as their life magnified the Lord, their right doing ministered to the current generation. What they did encouraged others in that day in the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Look what the Lord has done. Well, that is just the result of a number of smaller and larger decisions made early on. The fact that Ruth and Boaz were husband and wife and they had a child, that was just the tip of the iceberg. There was an enormous amount of of decisions that were made under the water when nobody was looking. And because of that, when it came to what the Lord did so clearly seeing, people in that generation saw, here's two people that did what was right. 
Blessed be the Lord. This day, Naomi, you've been left without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. Today, with the birth of this child, there is a kinsman now. Blessed be the Lord. The Lord's hand was in this. They ministered to the current generation by doing what's right. But let's look one more verse into verse 15. The Lord was magnified through the life of Ruth and the life of Boaz, and as he was, look what verse 15 says, and he, speaking of this child, Obed, and he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thy old age, for thy daughter-in-law which loveth thee which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. Not only did the right doing and the right living by Ruth and Boaz magnify the Lord so that the current generation was ministered to, but this next principle is exceedingly important. Ruth and Boaz's right doing in the sight of the Lord also prepared the next generation for doing what was right. Look in verse 15, they're speaking of the child that was born, a child that has not made any right decisions, that's not made any wrong decisions, a child that had no say whatsoever into the, into the, um, into the immediate circumstances he was born into. That child had no say who his parents were, who his grandparents were. That child had no say into what Ruth and Boaz did before that child was born. And yet here in verse 15, that child is being set up to do what's right. There's no question about the inheritance being passed down to Obed from Boaz and Ruth. Furthermore, there's going to be no question when Obed has a child named Jesse, that Jesse is, is, is uh, uh, going to receive the inheritance. And there's going to be absolutely no, no confusion when David sits on the throne and David's generations to come, that the son of David of the tribe of Judah would one day rule and reign. They gave that next generation a testimony of, what's do, of doing what's right. And student today, if we can leave with the principles of Ruth in our minds, Ruth and Boaz did what was right. It ministered to the current generation, but it set the next generation up for right doing as well. May we resolve to do that in our hearts also. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.